So what did this Skippoli? Welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. Um, had to take a little bit of a hiatus real quickly before we dive on into some verb stuff. Uh, just because um, your boy dislocated his shoulder again. Well, typically now that it's it dip, dislocates, it's actually referred to as a subluxation. If uh, all of those, uh, you know, medical people... Because I have a shoulder instability, so took a spill, uh, longboarding, and gotta love it. So, so yeah, I guess we could go over into the the etymology of dislocation real quickly because it's purely Latin. Dislocatio actually is where it comes from the medieval Latin. Um, dis actually referring to apart or away from, more apart or like in the other direction of. Um, and uh, locare means to place. So basically dislocare, dislocatio, dislocation. It means to a place apart. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, my shoulder capsule found itself out of the socket. So got to love those ball and socket joints, everybody. You all know who uh, deal with that kind of stuff. If you know, you know. Um, it's definitely not a fun time. Spent all day yesterday just basically nursing it like it was a little baby. So yeah, all right, I'm done talking about that. We will move on. It's feeling a bit better today, but I the, the it was a little bit more of a traumatic uh, dislocation this time around because I fell on my shoulder and I remember relocating it while I was still on my side um, on the ground. So I used kind of like the weight of my body and I pushed myself up against the ground really hard while I also did like this maneuver that my dad has taught me and that I've learned throughout time uh, just from the uh, the nature of the ball and socket joint uh, because it usually uh, subluxes, dislocates anteriorly. So I'm always trying to, you know, trying to shift that back posteriorly, posteriorly into place. Anyways, uh, yeah, sucks, sucks, mad ding dong. Uh, anyways, let's get into the imp imperfect in future tense, all right? Because we've gone over the first conjugation present tense, so why not introduce past and future? In the past, I dislocated my shoulder, but in the future, it will be uh, healed, and uh, I'll be red as rain and working out again and all that good stuff. There are three important rules to remember about this verb stuffity stuff. So firstly, I think the tense sign for the future tense is bi, bit, meaning will. The second point, the tense sign for the imperfect is ba. So will, be, ba, was or were, used to, kept on, or did. Anything referring to that ongoing sense of the past. Imperfect is different from the perfect tense where it really just happened matter of fact in the past. And number three, adjective endings are directional. Okay, cool beans. You like it? We'll get into that directional uh, deal in a little bit. But uh, I'm going to stop saying deal so much right now. Shut up, Liam. The future tense indicates that the action of the verb will take place at some point after the present, right? That's exactly what the future refers to. The English future tense sign is will. Shall is not really used any longer unless you want to be nice and formal. 
English asserts the future tense sign with a will between the personal pronoun I, you, he, she, it, and the verb base, right? So for example, you have they will love, we will warn, I will be mistaken, right? Latin does the same except that the verb base plus the thematic vowel precedes the personal ending. So what that means is the am means love. Let's get, we'll get into it here. Am, A-M, meaning love. A, the thematic vowel. S, the personal ending, denoting you, right? Amas, meaning you love. Now, if you put that B-I, future tense, and it goes in between the base and the thematic vowel, and the ending, ama turns into amas turns into amabis, which means you will love, love you will, love will you, literally in that order. But if you rearrange that, um, it'll be you will love, right? Some other examples of the future tense instead of wokas, meaning you call, woka, or how about rather, I'm going to change it. How about wokamus? We will call. Oh my goodness, Mr. Connery. We call, okay? Would change to wokabimus, which would be we will call. Mone, monet would be he, she, it warns. But if you turn that into monebit, it turns into he, she, it will warn. Great. Moving on. Remember that the elements of a Latin verb come in the reverse order from English verb forms, right? Like I said in the past, amabis literally translates as love will you, but it translates as you will love. So Latin starts with a base which conveys the meaning, then the tense sign, then the personal ending. English starts with a pronoun, the equivalent of the personal ending in Latin, then the tense sign and the verb base which conveys the meaning here is um or here are rather the first and second conjugation for future tense endings so listen up we're going to go from first second third person first in the singular then in the plural bobisbit bimus bitis bunt very close to ost mustis und right bobisbit bimus bitis bunt some similarities like i said aren't there patterns in latin to really you know Take note in order to encode into that brain of yours? Well, seems like it's holding true thus far. You might see the two of these these endings are slightly irregular, though, right? The first person singular is bow, right? Like it is in uh, the first conjugation present, which is just O. So that first person singular bow is a combination of the bi, the future tense marker, and o, the first person singular ending, like I mentioned before. The third person plural ending, bunt, is the combination of bi, b, and the third person plural ending nt, right? Bunt, not bent, right? Bent will be shown later on as another verb ending form, but I'm not going to get into it. But how about this? Let's go ahead and use those bobis bit bemus bit this bunt, and we'll go ahead and tack it on to ama and say uh, loving in the future. So let's go ahead and conjugate this in the future tense. So going again in the same direction, first, second, third person, singular, then plural. 
I'm a bow, I will love. I'm a bis, you will love. I'm a bit, he, she, it will love. Um, and then we'll just do I'm a bimus, I'm a bitis, I'm a bunt, right? We'll do another one. How about second conjugation verb in the future verb tense? Wale bo, wale bis, wale bit, wale bimus, wale bitis, wale bunt. All right. Note only the thematic vowel is different between the first and the second conjugation, right? Cool beans. The imperfect tense. Now that we've gone into the or gone over the future tense, let's dive into that imperfect tense. We're going to take a little short break, let it percolate, as I like to say, and we'll be right back. All right. Sawway. Sawate. We're back. Let's do this. The imperfect tense in Latin signifies an action that was not completed in the past or was repeated or habitual. Case as such, it best corresponds to English past tense ver verb forms like was doing, used to do, kept on doing. Right? The imperfect is different from the perfect, like I had mentioned before. The perfect is I lived, I matter of fact lived in the past. Right? But it's not. Yeah, it's not like the simple past. The simple past did is another translation, but don't use it for now. We'll talk about that later on. Okay? So. Um, with my students, the imperfect tense, I usually just say treat it as past tense, but for people that are older, more mature, um, and more understanding of grammar other than, because like, you know, I'm, I'm teaching, I'm having to teach grammar before I teach Latin what these administration people don't realize. And what, like anybody that doesn't teach Latin doesn't realize is that these kids need foundational aspects of grammar and rarely do they have that. So. I don't really try and get into the nuances of what the difference is between a past and an imperfect tense verb form. There's my little ranty rant. But if you're a little bit older, I'd expect you to refer to the imperfect tense as something that uh, signifies an action that wasn't completed in the past, or it's you know rather habitual. So the imperfect tense sign in Latin is ba, right? So instead of be in the future, ba in the past, which is placed between the base slash thematic vowel and the ending, right? Just like before. Note that exactly the same position as the future tense, right? So let's go into a couple examples here real quickly in Latin. So instead of wocamus, which would be we call, it would be wocabamus, which would be we were calling or we used to call or we kept on calling. Or the simple past would be we called, right? But I've already warned you not to use that if you're an older individual. Don't do it. So here is the imperfect tense and all of the endings uh, conjugated from first, second, third person singular and plural, like I mentioned before. Isn't it great, though, how verb endings only have six endings versus noun endings have ten? We don't have to learn as much. Fun stuff, little shortcuts. Bombas bot, bamus batis bot. Okay, look, no irregularities. That's why I really like the imperfect tense. Here's an example of it conjugated the verb to love. I'm a bomb, I'm a boss, I'm a bot, I'm a bamus, I'm a batis, I'm a bot. I was loving, you were loving, he, she, it was loving, we were loving, y'all were loving, they were loving. There we go. Again, let's do it for a second conjugation verb. Wale bam, wale bas, wale bat. 
while they bombings, while they bates, while they bond. Okay. Note the second conjugation uses the thematic vowel e, but again, that's the only major change between the first and second conjugation. Right? Very cool. Before we leave them, let's review the imperfect and future tense in Latin real quick. Note the imperfect and the future tense markers are very similar. Ba signifies the imperfect, bis signifies the future. The only consistent difference that is A is that is that the only difference is that A is used in the imperfect and I is used in the future. Excuse me there for a hot second. And then secondly, uh, remember also that the imperfect has no regular forms while the future has two. Right, first person singular and third person plural, bow and bunt. Right, the combination of the first person plus that nt, or, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, the first person plus o, or the third person, third person bi, tense marker plus nt. Lastly, let's leave the world of verbs for a moment and let's look at adjectives and base endings in r. Okay. Just like nouns, adjectives with R at the end of their base contract, and they have just R or they don't contract and have ER. Okay, what I'm going to go into with that is no stare, no straw, no straw meaning hour. Um, this is just some little teeny tiny uh, little word thing to note. The, this adjective contracts and thus its base is no noster, right? N-O-S-T-R. Same thing with, and that means our, by the way, alter, altera, alterum, meaning other, like an alternative uh, thing. This adjective does not contract though, right? It doesn't do what no stare, no straw, no strum does because it goes alter, altera, alterum. Weird. Its base is actually alter. So be careful. Just something that I noted when I was looking at some Latin the other day. Some contract, others do not. If it's an adjective that contracts, the ER form shows up only in the nominative masculine singular. Remember that. All of the irregular forms that we have in our noun slash, ver, uh, noun slash adjectives are going to be typically in that first little box. Gosh, I got to shift out of... Um, verbs for a second the nominative singular there you go so um that's all i have for you guys i hope you all have a great day don't dislocate your shoulder tempus est discadere